Hey everyone, this is Achuta Bhava from Nightlight Astrology. Happy Friday, everybody. Today we are going to take a look at the sun's upcoming square to Pluto, which is perfecting on Monday, but is going to be heating up over the weekend. So we're going to be taking a look at that today and some of the major themes, archetypal themes and combinations of the sun and Pluto, uh, which we've examined many times before on my channel, but we always try to take a slightly different angle on it uh, and say hopefully a new some new fresh things, give you some new fresh insights, really good for people who are studying the planets, also people who just want to know, you know, what's happening in the sky over the next few days. And then after we do that, we're going to take a look at some wisdom about kind of meditate on the transit and hopefully give some advice about how to actually deal with this transit. So that is our agenda for today. As always, if you are new to my channel or even if you've been here a while, uh, please click on the like button subscribe, click the notification bell to receive updates, leave comments in the comment section, all of that stuff. Apparently the algorithm likes, helps the channel grow. I really appreciate it. If you want to find any transcripts of my talks, they're usually posted within 24 hours on the blog site of, uh, on the blog page of my website. So before I dive in, you guys know I'm in promotional mode for my new course, Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystic. This is a one-year course in Hellenistic Astrology. It starts on June 5th. It meets on Sundays, and it meets from about noon Eastern time to usually between 2 and 3 p.m. Eastern time, two to three hour classes. There are 30 classes on the year. If you go to my website, nightlightastrology.com, click on the courses page, click the first year course. You can scroll down and learn all about it. Uh, this is a course that is ideal for people who have a, a variety of different intentions. One, to become a professional astrologer or to read birth charts for other people. Or two, because astrology is something that you love and that you would like to learn more about. You can use other astrology to help other people. And it is also one of the most useful tools that anyone could have for themselves and for the sake of understanding uh, the ups and downs of life and the different seasons of life. It's like adding a cosmic GPS to your little avatar car, you know? Um, it's a great program. There's lots to love about it. Uh, we have 30 classes on the year, 12 guest lectures, interactive group forum discussions year round with paid tutors on staff who are there to help you with questions. Anytime you have them, you can also email me anytime throughout the course with questions about the content we're studying. We also have tons of uh, bonus material, optional reading and homework and quizzes all there for you. If you want to take it, you also don't have to. It's really up to you how you want to take the course. Um, we also have breakout study sessions led by our staff in between major units. So if you need a little extra help, there are actual live classroom tutoring sessions as well. It's a great program. Toward the end of the course, about two thirds of the course is theory. And the last third, we actually have live people come to the class and I read charts for them when we break down the sessions to give you a feel for how to actually apply the things that you're learning. So if you are interested, I hope to see some of you in class soon. We start on June 5th. You can, again, all everything's recorded. You can keep everything. So you can kind of go at your own pace, which is nice as well. Check out the early bird payment, which is going to help you save the most. There's also a monthly payment plan if you need that. And then I really invite all of you who want to take the class, but for whatever reason can't afford to take a class like this, uh, to check out need-based tuition and see if that might help you out. You can read about it and see if you uh, would be a good fit for it. Just click on the apply now button, tell us about your situation, whatever it may be. We are very glad to help people make sure that nobody's priced out of an astrological education because we believe that it is spiritually valuable and information that is really um, helpful to our souls. Like for, in my opinion, yoga and astrology, the two things I love, 
easy to access for people who want to uh, learn astrology or approach the oracle. So uh, I try to, um, you know, that's something I take seriously and always have taken seriously about my work. Um, so if you have any questions about the program, however, uh, please feel free to email us info at nightlightastrology.com. And again, make sure that you check out the need-based tuition option if you want to take one of my courses, but you can't afford it. So thank you guys so much for letting me plug my uh, course. Really appreciate it. And today we are going to dive into the sun's square to Pluto. So the sun is in the sign of Aries right now and is going to be closing in on a square to Pluto in Capricorn. And that is something that is perfecting on um, April 18th. But the range for this, that three degree range within which the sun is three degrees prior to Pluto and about three degrees after. In this case, not quite three degrees after because the sun is going to enter Taurus. And once it changes signs, then its configuration with Pluto changes from a square to a trine by whole sign. So it's a little bit shorter because it's coming at those last critical degrees. But that is also important because the last critical degrees of any sign were the bounds of the malefics and tend to be a little bit more intense. So you have a very intense culminating sun in its exaltation and Mars's fire sign of Aries squaring Pluto and Capricorn also happens to be the exaltation of Mars. It's a very Mars Saturn like feeling behind this one. A lot of Marsy energy and a very ex potentially explosive combination between Mars and Pluto. So let's take a look at it on the real time clock and give you a, a look at the actual transit. So here you can see I have highlighted uh, the 18th on the screen and you'll see that uh, the sun is at about 28 degrees of Aries and making a square to Pluto, who's at 28 degrees of Capricorn. Now, you see how it's right at the end of Aries, so it doesn't have a large um, separation range. You usually get three full degrees of separation where you still are likely to feel the effects, but this is going to be moving the sun moving into Taurus. Changing dignity means changing its relationship with Pluto. It'll be in a whole sign trine with Pluto, even though they're not in a degree-based aspect uh, any longer, it will start seeing the earth signs in a different way than you know a fire sign would. So uh, that's important. That's like all those very interesting ways that ancient astrologers had of thinking about aspects, but this technically would no longer be a square as soon as the sun enters the sign of Taurus. So um, you have from April 15th all the way through April 20th where the sun is engaging. And that's why it's important to look at it for us today because we are going to be dealing with this over the weekend. Uh, it's heating up today on Friday. You're going to feel it Saturday and Sunday. It'll really pop on Monday and then you get Tuesday into Wednesday-ish where you'll still be kind of feeling it, but it's probably starting to die down a little bit. So today, first, we're going to talk about Sun-Pluto themes, which means we're going to look at them as an archetypal combination and notice things that you, or talk about things that you are likely to notice. After that, then I'd like to transition into giving some points of meditation. And today's theme is really about tolerance. And we're going to explore that word. And I think people have an interesting um, intolerance for the word tolerance. And I'm going to try to bring that up today as well. So... First theme of the Sun and Pluto together uh, tends to be, a, and these are in no particular order, but the first one that I have written down for us to consider today is the themes of ambition and power. The Sun in Aries is an incredibly ambitious placement. We know that Mars 
is also exalted in the sign of Capricorn, and Capricorn also tends to be a very ambitious sign. By ambitious, we mean that there is a combination of the sense of action paired with a sense of purposefulness, uh, goal orientation, determination, uh, hard work, courage, perseverance, and a tendency to stay focused on and toward goals until they are achieved. Aries and Capricorn are both very good at those kinds of things. Although Aries is maybe a little bit more restless and maybe more prone to starting things it doesn't finish than Capricorn, but still they are um, they are signs that like victory. They are both Mars ruled signs, although the exaltation is in Capricorn, but they love victory. So you can see the amplification of themes like ambition and power. Now, ambition and power can be, let's not say my power, let's just say power, powerful. It's a powerful transit insofar as themes of power and ambition tend to grow. They tend to wax like the full moon. They get really big and powerful and then powerful things happen. Powerful is such a broad word. We over, we tend to overuse it, but what, what I'm, when I think of, when I think of the sun and Pluto squaring in these two signs are powerful events that are forceful and that have behind them the sense of purposefulness and ambition. And that just those themes alone getting really amplified over the next few days could be something that really helps us. Maybe we're trying to make a change personally and we need that fuel or that uh, motivation to do it. On the other hand, maybe there's something a little tyrannical or egotistical and it's very easy to get uh, grabbed by this one. Number two, the shadow of heroism. The sun in Aries is a very heroic placement. It's uh, an exalted planet in uh the sun is in aries and so it has in mind uh the doing of great and noble things greatness is not exactly the ambition of mars as much as it is the ambition of the sun but when you pair the sun in its exaltation uh with you know and you pair, pair the sun with mars in the sign of aries you get this sense of um heroic ambition and doing great things or great causes or sort of um it's like a knight and uh the knight that serves the king you get the sense that mars is very knightly um and oftentimes likes to guard and protect things defend things uh, or advocate for things or fight for things and often they're good things because in the sign the sun the glorious symbol of light and things that are noble and elevated clear and lucid famous and beautiful these kinds of solar themes the sun the mars wants to advocate or fight for but in the shadows are all of heroism forever has always been um you know uh, vanity and uh just garden variety ego the, and it can and it can hide in any kind of great and noble ambition and we have to be just you know kind of diligent about watching for that watching out for the shadows of heroism also the cult of heroism just being obsessed with the idea that life is about achieving something even spiritually uh, some achievement is part of life but does it have to be the goal the entire goal of life is life about a goal could goals be a part of it but not everything these are the kinds of things that live these questions that take us into some of the shadows of heroism that we might be you know uh, might be well worth asking in the next few days Number three, and this has kind of maybe the most, maybe this is the most prominent of on my list in terms of the other things I have to say when we get to our points of meditation for today. The problem of identification 
uh, with the sun and Capricorn is often that both the sun and Capricorn often have this sense, like in Capricorn, there's a feeling sometimes of like carrying or a cross, bearing a great burden, but it's necessary. You know, this feeling of there being some noble suffering is very common for uh, Saturn ruled signs. Both Capricorn and Aquarius are very willing to bear a cross if they think it will help humanity or if they believe that the, you know, the, the, the long climb up the mountain is worth it. So the bearing of a cross of great importance of heroic, noble, virtuous, you know, quality. This is potentially a Sun and Pluto thing. But the problem of identification is this. Anytime that we want to become something great or we want to be validated by other people and then we try to... Um, we try to become something that we believe will either validate us or gain us that approval. Um, it could be anything. For example, I remember... Um, uh, you know, when it came time to take my, you know, my vows and receive initiation and receive this name, Achuta Bhava, I just thought, I mean, I really like bhakti yoga, my whole heart's in it, but I'm very hesitant to like take a name and like stake, like, it's like a tattoo. You know what I mean? You're, do I want to be identified, you know, as a bhakti monk like that? Uh, there's a book that I really like, and um, it makes me feel like I should take you to this book right now. Uh, and I'm gonna—I'm actually gonna do that because I didn't write it down. So there is a book that I really appreciate. Um, I read this recently, and I think you guys may enjoy it as well. So I will—I'll um, put it up on the screen for you guys to see. It's called "Religious but Not Religious." It is called religious, but not religious. Can I see? Mm, okay, wait. I got to put it over here, don't I? Yep, there we go. So, book is written by a Jungian therapist. It's called Religious But Not Religious, Living a Symbolic Life. So many times we say, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. And one of the things this book says that I really appreciate is that... Um, it's totally understandable why people would use the phrase spiritual, but not religious. One of the reasons that we might use a phrase like spiritual, but not religious is because we don't want to be identified with something because then it's, it feels like we're pigeonholing ourselves or, um, you know, it's hard to fully identify with anything, a religion or just any kind of title or identity category. It's hard to feel like, I don't want to be limited by something. And um, at the same time, many of us are drawn again and again and again in our lifetimes to trying to sort out an existential discomfort that we feel by trying to stake something, stake our name on something. I am an astrologer. I am a bhakti yogi like this, right? We And the different names and titles. And so one of the potential problems of the sun and Pluto is the desire to be great or valid or do something good or noble or amazing or to receive some sense of um, uh, power inside of ourselves, some, uh, some sense of satisfaction or even security by virtue of saying, I am going to stake my name to something. I'm going to be, uh, you know, I'm going to completely identify with something. 
And the point of this book that I'm mentioning, Religious But Not Religious, is about the inevitable religious choices we make in our lives, not just a, a literal religion, but like we have identification as a part of life, right? We're going to be, uh, lo there's lots of different categories that will that we will stake our identity um, on and in and through. A mother, a father, um, maybe it's our sexual orientation or whatever it might be. And that's like, a, it's a part of life that we do that. So, um, you know, there's, there's things that we have to sort of commit ourselves to certain boxes that we will check that sort of define who we are. And this idea of living a symbolic life is about being able to recognize that the categories of identity that we choose, whether they're literal religions or any other kind of category are ways that we have of, um, living in accord with certain images and truths that we feel an affinity to, but how do we do that without getting conflated with those things and thinking that's literally who I am when actually we're multidimensional eternal beings uh, and we can't really be anything other than ourselves, which is utterly unique and beyond categorization. This is something that the Upanishads talk about, that the yogic shastras talk about, that our selfhood is beyond category that it's beyond our bodies or anything that may temporarily define our bodies. Um, so how do you give room for the fact that you may be, you may have three or four different things that you really identify with, for example, me, astrologer, bhakta, yogi, you know, stuff like that, while also um, not mistaking yourself for those things in some kind of literal way. So this problem of identification oftentimes is a sun issue. It's about mistaking the things that we feel compelled to do or pursue or learn more about, the images that speak to us, the things we relate to or sort of identify with, but we also maintain a, a certain kind of distance from them, which is why I love the phrase of the title of that book, Religious But Not Religious, Living a Symbolic Life. The sun Pluto loves to get identified with things. Let me put the tattoo, you know, and I've been thinking about this a lot because I've been having some of my Christian tattoos that I got as an early, you know, very young man removed from my body. And um, it's just because I don't care for them anymore. I'm just not, you know, whatever. It's not no, no condemnation of Christianity. But as they've been removed, I've also realized it's interesting that in some ways uh, the Christian faith is more deeply integrated into my soul and psyche than it ever has been. And yet, I wouldn't literally call myself a Christian any longer. And the literal marks I tried to carve into my skin in a really intense, uh, you know, ways, uh, some of which happened while Saturn was on my son, you know, is the thing about that, um, that these marks of identification are fading off my body, uh, the literal marks, as something in me feels closer to those very categories than I ever have. And especially back in the days when I was trying to be more literally identified with those icons, so to speak. So this is an, this is always an issue with the sun. And when the sun hits Pluto, there's a chance to really explore why we're where why we're so intensely, obsessively, compulsively trying to identify as someone or something other than the utterly unique being that we are. It's not wrong to identify with something, but there's you have to learn how to hold identification like loosely, gently, like a bird in your hand. You don't, you squeeze it too tight. It'll, you know, you'll, you'll crush it. 
So I want to come back to that in our themes of meditation. That's a big one. And that's why I said it would kind of like maybe steal the show from my list of 10 here. But empowerment and courage is another theme. Sometimes it's about um, feeling a wave of I'm going to do something. I have the courage or the motivation to it's like a burst of light energy and the feeling of being able to finally do something or feeling the strength or motivation. Number five is the great work. There is a sense of being compelled to do something that you're maybe afraid to do, but destiny is calling and you must. This is a Sun-Pluto theme. Number six, the death of solar figures, whether those are leaders or fathers or famous people or military leaders or anyone who has a kind of that solar fame surrounding them, often men. Um, but you can see the death or the transformation or corruption or the shadows of such figures being exposed or, you know, someone going through a, a catharsis of some kind. Uh, you can see issues around power and fame and, um, you know, the cor corruption of people who are supposed to hold some kind of noble light, um, which is inevitable too. I'm not, um, I'm someone who tries to hold complicated things simultaneously. I can feel great disgust for what someone has done if it becomes public that someone's done something terrible while also not feeling the need to, um, you know, uh, oops, let's see here. My cam just went off. Let's switch it over. There we go. Sorry about that. I guess my, looks like my battery died. So, um, you know, you, I can, for me personally, like I can hold that feeling of not condoning what someone does while also not condemning a person. Um, a, I, it's hard for me after having certain experiences that I've had in my life, especially those with ayahuasca, that really gave me the sense that every living being in creation, no matter what they do, is an eternal being, a child of God that's utterly loved and accepted. And I can't accept people at that level, but the universe does. And that, um, that sometimes what's so hard about the sun Pluto are like, oftentimes you'll find that you'll come in touch, for example, with the shadows of your father's karma or the dirty secrets of your boss or something, you know, something like something like that. And, you know, it's like there can be disappointment, like, and, and, uh, let down and even, you know, uh, there can be abuse of power, uh, and, and crime and things like that. There's also this sense of, um, you know, you want to be careful that you don't put people up on pedestals, you know, in this world be because um, everyone falls. Occasionally people fall and it happens and it's part of life. And so there's something about this transit that is also about judgment. The, the sun Pluto has a strong connection to the judging faculty and, um, Sometimes we need to make wise judgments and judge a situation and what someone did as in the court of law and the judge presiding over a case or something. But there's also this sense of um, like uh, compassion for the underlying uh, sickness that leads to corruption, things like that. So uh, not condoning something, but not condemning something. There's a sweet spot right in there where we we seek to understand even as we bring sickness somehow to the light um especially in ourselves right it's so hard to bring to light our own shadows but to, to when we do so if we can be honest and compassionate it's much easier to make a change that way so um 
There's also eruptions of light. You know, the Sun-Pluto dynamic is just about light exploding from trapped places energetically, sometimes physically, like it can be very, like bombs can go off. And of course that could be potentially violent or destructive expressions of this, but just eruptions of light. It can be a little nuclear like that, but sometimes it's almost like manic, like you just feel possessed with creative energy. Number eight is clipped wings. This kind of refers to what I was just talking about. You get high and mighty about something and uh, the sun in Aries exalted is, you know, cruising for a bruising, as my dad used to say. And you, you, that's the kind of like, if you're, you're ready for a fall, you sit, you pump yourself up too high, you will fall. I mean, the Tao Te Ching says that every great wisdom tradition tells us that that's what happens if pe people who have hubris, but this is a transit that can bring up the theme of hubris as well as falling down. Um, and again, mercy is maybe the byproduct of this transit because, you know, at the end of the day, any power given to us is lent to us temporarily. It flows through us, especially in our mortal frames. You know, we can't be, we're not the author of any power that, you know, I mean, like we can't hold it forever. It comes through us. Um, and so, you know, you try to hold on to it and act like it's yours. You're the center of all power and creation and, and, there's only one thing that you can learn from that kind of attitude, which is that you aren't, you know, <laughs> like most of the time that's hard. So, and then, um, but letting power flow through us, letting power flow through us. We, we can only do that when we understand that its purpose is to use us to come through us for other purposes. They could be little purposes in one day, big purposes within a lifetime. Um, not just one, but many. But we allow allow ourselves, to, when power flows through us, we have a sense that there is some greater purpose than just the wielding of the power or my getting off on feeling like I have it. People are attracted to power. Power is uh, it's the, it's the demonstration of the divine uh, force flowing through things, and it's very attractive. Um, but uh, if it's not in service, if it's not flowing along and if we don't see ourselves as made of this power and in service and in love with this power, uh, you know, it tends to be corrosive and destructive. We suffer from our, uh, our, uh, we get intoxicated with it and we, we suffer until it's purged out of us, which is also a sun Pluto dynamic, the purging of power sickness, fanaticism and egomania. So this is one potential expression of the sun Pluto. And it can also often act out violently in power trips and displays and things like that. So these are some points of meditation that I want to close with today. And it all comes from this idea of tolerance. There is a great prayer called the Sri Shikshastakam. And if you want to learn more about this prayer, you can go back and see in my YouTube channel. If you go back and look through some recent videos, you're going to see two episodes into a series I'm doing called Even God Likes to Pray. And that series is all about this prayer called the Sri Shikshastakam. You could find a link to the to the uh, verses in um, uh, Bengali, and uh, you could find uh, audio of, of a monk chanting it, and you'll hear me doing a poor job of chanting it, but you'll hear me chant it too. But one of the verses of the Sri Shikshastakam, this is, by the way, that one of the most amazing things about this prayer is that this is an avatar of God praying a prayer. So that's why I called the 
series, Even God Likes to Pray, um, we forget that part. Like, it's really important to remember, like one of my favorite, uh, you know, I had some professors in college and I went to a, a Christian school and uh, one of my professors liked to say, if you really want to go, you know, like really change the heart of your faith life, consider how vulnerable uh, Jesus was as the avatar of God, according to the Christian mythos, right? As the avatar of God, think of how vulnerable Jesus was right before his own death in the Garden of Gethsemane, um, asking if this cup could be passed, which is a way of saying, like, do I have to do this? But, you know, we don't reflect upon the fact that that is God praying that prayer from the Christian standpoint. And so, God is in our frailty. God is with us in our frailty. God is, you know, the, the divine presence is with us in all things and willing to experience all things without exception. Um, and that's what's, that's what's so graceful and redemptive about the Christian story, whether you are identify and get the tattoo like I did at 18, or, you know, you just, it's just a part of my soul, my heart now that I'm, you know, 40. Uh, so, this prayer was another, you know, in the in the bhakti tradition, we say this is another avatar of God praying a prayer. So this verse comes from it. One who thinks himself lower than the grass, who is more tolerant than a tree, and who does not expect personal honor, but is always prepared to give all respect to others, can very easily chant. So he's talking in this verse about, uh, you know, how how one can be successful um, chanting. And this is actually, the, the whole prayer is beautiful. You, you should check it. This, this verse is a little bit more of an instruction sort of within the prayer, but, um, but this is an amazing verse that if you want to know how to be successful in mantra meditation, this verse tells us, um, be very humble. Don't think great things of yourself. It's not that you, when we say think themselves lower than the grass, it doesn't mean that they think that the grass is ugly or, you know, lowly or, or something. It's just, don't think of yourself, think of yourself as simple as grass, a blade of grass in creation, a, a bead of sand in creation. Don't think of yourself as great and learn to tolerate all kinds of things because they, all kinds of things will pass through all kinds of experiences will pass through and look at the trees, look at how they just stand and they are, and they exist and they tolerate the different winds and weather and rain and snow. And so don't think so high of yourself and be tolerant like trees and don't expect honor. Don't go around with an expectation that you'll be honored or valued or respected you know, not that you go seeking disrespect or that you think that you're also a bad person, but don't go around expecting some kind of honor. Be prepared to give all respect to others. And with that attitude, it is very easy to get absorbed into this holy stream that is mantra meditation. That's the instruction. Now, I'm not suggesting everyone go and do mantra meditation. Maybe that's for you. Maybe it isn't. It's part of my life, right? But the point of this verse that I want to emphasize today is about tolerance. What does the word tolerate mean? Tolerate etymologically. A word, by the way, that we tend to have very little tolerance for 
these days because we tend to think that the word tolerate means to condone bad things, to be a doormat or to not stand up for yourself or to not have sovereignty or to not have agency or to not have dignity or to silently support the bad guys or whatever it is. <clears throat> but I'm going to stick up for the word tolerate today because for me, it's an it's been a very important part of my life. And I feel like uh, we have to learn how to tolerate even the word tolerance coming into our mind and not making too many assumptions about it too quickly. The word means to bear, to carry, to sustain, to support, to endure, and yes, to suffer. But the one reason I think that people tend to get all up in arms and very intolerant about the word tolerate is because of the fact that this word is associated with suffering enduring some kind of suffering. But it turns out that that's really only one part of it. That's only one part of what toleration means. Some things in life to tolerate means to endure something that is painful or difficult. But often it's more about um, letting things pass through us. Toleration keeps us from this trap of identification, which the sun is, is so inclined toward and the sun Pluto is so, um, so inclined to bring up. Uh, it is very easy in wanting to do something, no, you know, in this life, we have to make choices about what we value, about what we think will give our lives meaning, about is what is worthy of our time and our energy, our resources, our care, our concern. And we search you know, we, we're always, the heart is always searching to be on a path that matters to us, to be doing things with our lives that we feel are, are worthy of the time and effort. But along that path, it is very easy to think that when I find those things or only if I find those things, am I valid, important, beautiful, sacred? Is my life given any meaning? And actually, um, although we do come here to serve purposes, uh, who we are is already whole and complete. We are already children of the divine, loved, beloved, led, guided, given grace, mercy, and understanding every step of the way. And so, it's but it's very easy to forget that. And that's one of the reasons why we just carve the tattoo into our arm. We try to give ourselves meaning by branding ourselves with our, our path of choice. And, um, and then, you know, what happens? That path will let us down because the paths in this world and the purposes in this world, just as surely as the sun will eventually burn out, will also burn out. We will burn out on them or they will burn out on us. The tattoo will fade or you'll have it removed. You'll get another one. There'll be new ways of identifying ourselves with power and purpose. It's so important that we develop tolerance because tolerance is also about uh, tolerating the path that we're on, knowing I serve this path, but it does, it does not make or break me. I serve a path, but it doesn't make or break me. I serve different categories of identity in this lifetime, but they, they are not who I am in eternity. 
and there's no way of being able to live through a path, live through a body, live through a lifetime or many lifetimes within a lifetime without tolerating them. You have, we have to endure and carry these paths. We are in service to them. As you, but you, in, in order to do that, you have to trade identification with the path for tolerance of the path. Tolerance doesn't mean it sucks and I bear it. Sometimes it means that. It also means that I'm carrying this path. I'm carrying this purpose. I'm carrying being an astrologer or a father or whatever else, I, whatever other way, uh, identity category I've come into in this lifetime. I'm carrying that. I'm bearing it. I'm enduring it. I'm learning from it. I'm taking joy in it. Sometimes I'm suffering it, but I'm carrying it. I'm tolerating like a tree. I'm living through the seasons. Toleration keeps us from the trap of heroism. The hero, although the hero may do noble things, the shadow of the hero is thinking that it is these great things that makes me special. Tolerance tells us you are special no matter what. And you may have something heroic to do, but you will also have to tolerate uh, the burdens of that path. And if, you're, if you take that attitude and serve a heroic path, you don't get identified or you don't conflate yourself with the hero. You serve a hero's journey. You serve a hero's path. But you don't think to yourself, I am the hero. Toleration also keeps us from the temptation of greatness. Sun, Pluto, greatness. Well, I might go through periods of being told I'm great or accomplishing things that the world says well, that's great, but I serve something that is great. I tolerate any aspect of greatness that may come or go in my lifetime, as well as tolerating and serving those moments of insignificance or obscurity. I serve those spaces in my life. I'm not identified with them. That's, that means to tolerate, to bear, to carry. Toleration keeps important people off from pedestals they will eventually fall from. It's just as easy to project the same kind of heroism outward and say, oh, that person's perfect. I should be like that person. Or that person is the ideal. It's not to say that there aren't great examples, that there aren't people who carry something ideal, a relatively ideal. Uh, it's not to say that you can't love or revere people uh, or appreciate, but it is be careful of idolatry. It's, it's careful of putting someone up on a place that exalts them so high, the sun exalted in Aries, that they will fall eventually. And the price may be because you have identified power and greatness in them that you will no longer believe in its presence or you will no longer allow yourself to be guided along by, by important people in your life. There will be a cynicism that comes in. That also happens because we get Ident we, we, we try to identify someone as great or as heroic or as powerful. That kind of thinking is rampant in our society. We worship stars. We worship historical figures. And then little surprise that when they turn out to be mortal and full of faults and flaws and shortcomings and even real darkness, that we inevitably say, oh, you know, what a piece of crap they are. That, that reaction is um, like, you know, it's a kind of an inverted uh, version of the way that we tend to see people when they're doing well. Well, they're all or they're nothing. 
Toleration keeps us from flying too high and inevitably falling. Just mention that toleration allows for the pressure that leads to the breakthrough, especially when we're going through difficult things, uh, painful things to tolerate because we know that uh, it's part of it. I mean, that's true with like working out. It's true with just about any path you take in life that's worth taking is that there will be a pressure that you have to tolerate. And when you do tolerate it long enough, all of a sudden there's a breakthrough. Stars are born this way, right? Diamonds are born this way. All sorts of things come through the toleration, the allowing for certain kinds of pressures that create. Toleration keeps us from power trips. Some of the same reasons that we've been mentioning, it's easy to get identified with the power rather than tolerating power especially when it's coming through you, when you're in a powerful position of some kind, to not think much of it, to keep that, uh, I'm just like a blade of grass or a pebble of sand in the you know, scheme of eternity. And the whole, um, the whole purpose for me here is to stay in that humble position. Whatever power comes through, it's, I'm not seeking to own, hold, or get identified with it. I just tolerate it. It's much harder to tolerate greatness in some ways like real greatness, not false, phony, you know, egotistical stuff, power, money, you know, whatever. It's not that. It's they, they're said in the yogic tradition, in the Buddhist tradition, that as one is uh, gaining in spiritual insight and cleansing the heart, that they will sense that other people look at them and say, oh, look, a saint. And that is a major, major difficult thing to deal with. And um, many great saints have talked about that. That, that, that it's like the you know even you know i was i was moved by um uh what denzel washington said at the oscars to will smith after he uh slapped chris rock he said something to him about you know it's in moments of greatness that the, like the, the devil will tempt you and you know set aside hollywood and greatness defined by hollywood and all that just that line itself i thought was insightful and i appreciate that line generally in life and so i've been thinking about it lately and thought what a line that is for pluto and the sun um we have to be aware of the fact that especially when things are going well there's very much a temptation to think well like of course they're going well because i'm so wonderful you know you know it's just really easy to get that way toleration keeps us from fanaticism I have the best idea. My idea is right. This political view is right. This religious view is right because it's so true. It's so beautiful. How could it not be right? But that's us starting to get identified. If something is really true, right, then the truth is simple. The truth is, uh, is present in the wind blowing across the grass or the wind coming over the surface of the water. It's a simple truth. It's everywhere. It's not the, the truth can be powerful, but don't forget that the, the truth is present, available, accessible, in plain sight, and so simple. And tell it when, when we experience things that are deeply true, a sign that we are going to be able to live and walk that path is that even though it's very powerful, the, the truth can set you free, the truth can illuminate dark places, but you also realize, I the truth is also simple, and I'm just going to keep it simple and follow it simply. Otherwise, I will lose it. So you have to tolerate the, the power of even numinous spiritual truths. Otherwise, we tend to get fanatical. We get identified with them. 
yes, please sign me up for the truth train. Where do I put the next new age tattoo on my body? And I'm just kidding, by the way, if you like tattoos, I love tattoos. I have a few I'm not getting rid of. So no offense at all to people who like tattoos, but you get what I'm saying. 10, toleration is the symptom of one slowly recognizing their eternal nature. By toleration, remember, we don't mean only to endure suffering. If that was all that tolerate meant, I would get why people were so intolerant toward the word tolerance. Oh, you're just telling me to be a silent, enduring, you know, like, like, like victim of some terrible person or force and just, you know, just silently suffer. That's not what the word tolerate means. The word tolerate means to bear, to carry, to sustain, to serve, to support, to endure. And yes, sometimes to endure suffering as well. But because we understand that ultimately nothing is at stake, that I'm an eternal being, that, that my existence uh, demonstrating the, 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 if I start to demonstrate toleration in my life, that's a symptom of the soul starting to recognize its own nature. I don't have anything to prove. There's nothing at stake. I'm alt I'm okay. And no matter what happens, I may go through feeling all sorts of things and all kinds of experiences. Whether I want to or not, my soul will endure. My soul will carry. That's my divine nature. It will carry me before I feel ready to, to be a part of that carrying. So the more we start that the ego starts to serve, the body starts to serve the same self-same nature of the soul. And it's allowing, it's accepting, it's saying yes, it's loving, it's tolerating. The more that we're starting to move into alignment with the reality of our spiritual nature. These are really important lessons in my view for uh, the sun and Pluto, because this transit has so much to do with, um, the potential ways in which we try to identify ourselves to feel vital, valid, strong, powerful. And it's what we serve and how tolerant, humble, peaceful, open we can be in how we serve um, that, you know, puts gives us the most intimacy with power. Um, it's the most powerful statement in, you know, in my opinion that you could hear is God, God, the all-powerful, quote-unquote, saying, you know what the best place is to be is just like the grass and the trees, a part of things, not trying to stand out and be, you know, be above and great. And if you do that, by the way, you enter into this natural state called mantra meditation. <laughs> you start, life becomes a worshipful song. So I hope you guys find this useful today. A little sermon from the stars for all of you. Happy Friday again. Don't forget my new courses are coming up. Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystic starts on June 5th. If you're in my year one program, uh, you can sign up for year two and horary classes, which also start June 11th and 12th. You can check it out at nightlightastrology.com. Don't forget that the need-based tuition option is there if it is useful or helpful to you. Um, you know, take advantage of that if you want to study astrology and and come join up with the new classes. I'd love to have you there. Um, you can find all of that on my website, nightlightastrology.com again. And then as always, really appreciate your like and your subscribe. Share some comments in the chat box today. Really appreciate it. Click the notification bell for updates on when I go live. And we will see you again on Monday. Take it easy, everyone.